It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're all keeping well. Delighted to have another former Spurs player join us on this week's Last Word on Spurs. Before I introduce him, delighted to have back alongside me for this one, Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, very excited for this show today. Yes. So we've been rolling back the past. We've brought a lot of ex-Spurs players on recently. And what we love to do with ex-players is be able to give them their chance to tell their story where maybe they haven't had that opportunity in the past. Now... This was a player that played for Spurs during that period where we were managed by Martin Yole. It was the evolution of Tottenham. So I'm pleased to welcome to this week's Last Word on Spurs, Ricardo Rocha joins us. Ricardo, how are you? Hello, guys. I'm good. I hope you guys as well. Everybody at home with their families. I hope everything is, is, is good. You know, we're, we're living in difficult times, but we have to get through this as quickly as possible and well. I agree. And Ricardo, we are pleased to have you join us. And you are such a humble man that when I was first interacting with you, you said to me, why would people want to maybe hear about my story at Spurs? It didn't go too well. So we're really, really pleased to have you on to be able to tell your story, your journey at Spurs and also your career. Because, I mean, you've, you've played with some wonderful players, the likes of Rui Costa, Luis Figo, Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, you've won championships, you've won cups, and, you know, you've played for your country and... You know, that has been a illustrious career. You're a cult hero at Portsmouth as well. And of course, you play for the mighty Spurs. So we want to take you back through your career, talk about your journey. And I think this will be a very, very fascinating show. And we'll start with the fact that you were born in San Santerso, Porto District. What was that like for you growing up? And did you always know from a young age you was going to become a professional footballer? I had a, a normal... Uh, as a, a childhood, you know, I wanted to be a professional player, but I, I knew it was going to be very difficult. Uh, I played in a in the very small club near my, my city, Santo Tirso, uh, and uh, it was really difficult. I was a goalkeeper until I was like 13, uh, and then in uh, in one training, the, the, the manager said, ah, just go in front and, and see what, what you can do, and I scored a few, a few goals. And uh, and then I was just dropping on the field until I, I got to the position of central defender, and for me it was 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 great. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to play 
for uh, Famalicão, you know, my manager uh, took me there to make some some trainings and uh, they got me. And then it was a bigger club, so the opportunity was 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 there for me, and I just worked my uh, the best uh, the best I could, you know, because you have to to work a lot to to chase your dreams. So I advise everyone to to follow that, to follow your dreams, and fight for it, you know, and work for it. And uh, and I got the opportunity, and I just keep keep it going, you know. Then then I went to Braga, which is a great team here in in Portugal. Uh, we uh, we play them as Spurs. Uh, in the Europa League at the time, uh, when when I was uh, when I, I got transferred to, to to Spurs, which is a great team, played there for three years, and then I, I got my move to Benfica, which is uh, you know the the biggest club in in Portugal and my childhood club. So to play for them to win titles, it, it was the dream come true. First uh, club, as you mentioned, was Familicao. Uh, you started there back in 1997. Uh, you obviously went on to make 54 appearances for the club. What kind of experience did you gain from that? And how, how did you learn from that experience of, of, of playing at your first professional club for the rest of your career? What did you learn from that? Well, it was great because, you know, I was so young, 18. And at the time, Famalicão was, was uh, playing, I think it's like the League One in England. Uh, here in Portugal, it was like the L- League One here in Portugal. So it's it's always difficult to play in those divisions because you you play against so so many experienced players and you 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 get used to that and you get experience from 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 that. You know, I made one good season, even though, and people will be shocked with this. I was in the army at the time. Uh, half the season I was in the army, so I was I was not training in the week in uh, in the during the week. I was just I, in, during the week I was in the army, so at the weekends I could go come home. So I would uh, I would come home and play for Famalicão and then go back to the army again. So it was incredible because in the end of that season I was bought by Braga. You know I was a little bit confused because I was just playing every week weekend and not training, but I was fit. So you know to to to, to be bought by a, by a team like Braga, you know, in the first division was a big. A big step for me, even though I had to to come back the next season to Famalicão and uh, to play to play regularly, and then in the next year uh, Braga made the, um, we call here the B teams. You know they play in uh, in second division like the championship in England. Uh, so I had the opportunity to, to play uh, in the in the in the the second league in Portugal with the Braga B. Uh, and that gave me even more um, experiencing uh, playing every weekend. And then I got the chance, you know, and, and football and everything is life, in life is, a, is about opportunities. I had, uh, I, I went, uh, I was called to the first team. One of the central defenders was injured. The other uh, was punished at the time because he got, uh, uh, at the time, the video, you could could get booked for the, for um with the video images, uh, so the manager gave him the opportunity. I played against a big team uh, uh, at the time was Sporting. We won, and then I stayed with uh, with the first team uh, through the next two years, and then went to Benfica. On your move to Braga, Ricardo, you know during that two year period, you would have made a name for yourself, turning into the perennial UEFA Cup qualification candidates with them. You made your Premier League debut during that 99-2000 season. Is that the period where you truly believe that you'd be able to compete at the very top professionally? Is that where you really felt you made that breakthrough 
as a player? Yes, I, I think I think it's when you you know you have the chance and you have to take it. You have to give everything you have because there's not many opportunities like that. So uh, I had one opportunity, I took it, and then I was just building myself, trying to learn every single game, even with the most the, the more experienced players in the team. You know, playing regularly or as 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 much as I as I could, and build up my name, build up. The way I was playing, because uh, at the time was completely different from now, uh, football, uh, and you know I, I played a lot in in those two uh, two three seasons with with Braga was a, a very good uh, uh, upper table uh, club here in in Portugal playing the Europa League as well, uh, and then I got, I got my my dream move to 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 Benfica. You, you got that dream move. You of course moved there in December two thousand one. So obviously the move came pretty swiftly after you just joined Braga. Um, I mean, firstly, what an experience that must have been to play for uh, one of the biggest clubs in your, your own country. Um, and kind of, how did that move come about? Well, I, I, I signed my contract in, uh, in uh, December, but I just went in the end of the season because at the time, Braga was, was having some uh, financial uh, problems. So Benfica came and bought uh, three of us, me, Thiago Mendes, who played for uh, Atletico, Chelsea, and another, another player. But uh, Braga only let two of the offers go. And um, I had to stay. <laughs> so it wasn't easy because, uh, you know, when, when things like that happen, if, if, uh, if things don't go well during the rest of the season, they will, they will uh, look at you and make you guilty of anything that happens, you know, because they'll say, oh, you already have a contract with another team, so you just don't care, you know, and it was really difficult for me because I, I was giving my best, but, but as I had a contract with Benfica already, people were always pointing at me with, uh, with uh, things not going well for, um, for, for, for Braga. But then, you know, arriving in Benfica, which, which I told you guys was my childhood club, it was just amazing, you know, to, to play there. In the beginning, it was so, it was very difficult because people already knew me. So wherever I went, people would recognize me, speak to me. And, and I was like, whoa, and the pressure was, was huge, you know. Everywhere we went training or playing, you know, even if it was here in Portugal or abroad, you know, there's always Benfica fans everywhere that's that's why i tell i tell you guys it's the best team in portugal uh, and for me it was just amazing i had the four and a half years uh, amazing you know uh, winning titles and uh, and for me it was was a big pleasure and an honor you mentioned there, Ricardo, that your move wasn't made official. It was the following year after it was made official in the June. How much did it help you, though, when you initially moved with Armando Sar and Thiago? Did it help having already players that you already knew in the camp? Did that kind of help you adjust, help you settle very quickly to Benfica? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good question because it, it really helps you because they know the reality of the club. They know the pressure. You know, they, they know everything related to the club, to the city, because I moved to a different city. You know, they, they know all the places, all the people in the club. You know, they, they are supportive. And, and it's, very, it's very important when you go to a different team uh, to have somebody that, that can help you uh, with that, uh, you know. And, and for me, a good thing I had was in the end of that season with Braga, Benfica went to, to, to play some... Um, 
some games uh, after the, the season finished to Angola and to United States. So they invited me to go with them, you know, to, to know the players and know the reality of the club. And I think that that was really important to me to, to, to feel welcome, to know the reality of the club and to get ready for the next season. You spent four and a half seasons there um, at Benfica. You made uh, over 157 appearances for the club, scored three goals, um, including 33 European appearances. Were you happy with uh, how your time went at Benfica? Yes, it was. It was just amazing, you, you know. Play for for my for my childhood club, you know, winning titles. Like I I won the championship, I won the super cup, and I won a cup. You know, amazing times I had uh, during that four and a half years. Different managers. You always learn a little bit with every one of them. Ronald Koeman, you know, uh, uh, Giovanni Trapattoni. Camacho was a player and a manager of Real Madrid. Uh, Josualdo Ferreira in Portugal, you know, playing Champions League, playing Europa League, when, uh, going uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League against Barcelona, you know, uh, quarterfinals of um, Europa League against Inter Milan. You know, that's that's huge uh, things that uh, that uh, I, I lived in, in in the club. You know, and. Um, Special as well was uh, when I, I won the championship with the club. Benfica were 11 years without winning a league, so you know it was, it was just I, I I can't describe you guys the feeling that was winning the league with Benfica. You know, having thousands of of people in the streets celebrating with us, and and uh, we we played our just for you guys to know the season 2004-2005. We won the league. And we played in Porto. So we stayed in Porto until uh, four o'clock in the morning. So we, we went to, uh, with, with the airplane uh, to Lisbon, which is an hour in the airplane. We arrived at the, the Stadio of the uh, Stade de Luz, Benfica Stadium. It was four or five o'clock in the morning. We had uh, 50,000 people waiting for us there. You know, just for you guys to, to see how crazy it was and how special it was. I want to pick you up on that, what you said there, uh, being special and crazy, because also during that period you were there, that the 25 appearances in that 2004-2005 league campaign, that ended an 11-year drought and you conquered the national championship as you was becoming known personally, Ricardo, for developing a fierce stopper with a good marking ability. What was that feeling like to win the title? It had been over a decade for Benfica. Explain to us as a player where you're in the game it must all be about winning. What is that feeling like to win trophies? That must feel like the pinnacle of your career. Yeah, it's just indescribable. Uh, honestly, I cannot uh, tell you in words how you feel when when you win a league title and how special it was for for the fans. You know, they were dreaming about that for for uh, eleven years. You know, and for us players to to conquer that, it was a, a difficult year for um, for us all. We had some issues during the season. We lost a lot of games. Porto and Sporting lost a lot of games as well. But you know, we we kept it together, the dressing room, and it was it was just amazing and and something I will never never forget. Now, one of the appearances that you made on 28th of March 2006, you came up against Barcelona in the yeah. Champions League. Um, that game you drew nil nil. But one of the one of the the people you had to mark was Ronaldinho, and of course you did a very good job in doing that. You kept the kept a clean sheet in that game. What was it like uh, that sort of you know that sort of game and having to come up against a player like that? 
Yeah, it was just amazing, you know, because it was really funny because at the time uh, the, the manager, Ronald Koeman, come, came to me and said, look, you know, our right back is injured. So I'm thinking about uh, putting, you, uh, putting you against Ronaldinho, which was the best player in the world at the time. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I have no problem with that. So when, when the, the press started to, to mention my name as, as uh, the player that was going to mark Ronaldinho, all the fans were like, oh, no, no, that's impossible. No, Ricardo will be out with a red card after five minutes. You know, he will kick him. He'll be very hard with him and uh, we'll be in trouble. So I, I, we, Ronaldinho didn't do anything in the game. Uh, I didn't make any foul. And he congratulated me in the end of the game because he said, you know, normally my opponents are, are hard on me. They try to foul me. They try to injure me. But you were loyal. So I have to, to, uh, to congratulate you for that. And I was like, OK, thank you. I just, I just tried to do my job and, and uh, I did it right. You know, that, what, what was that your was, concentration like, Ricardo, for, for that game? What was it like? I mean, you must have, your eyes must have not left his boots all game. What, what was that like, China, yeah, for 90 was, minutes? How, how do you yeah, get into that mindset? Yeah, the, the mindset was everything that the fans said during the week. You know, and I was like putting that, and uh, it, it it was giving me strength. You know, giving me the 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 power of the or the ability to go there and prove prove myself and put uh, prove to everybody else that I could do it. You know, and I do it and, and I did it in in the best way possible. Uh, and I was just you know wherever he was, I was there. And sometimes he, he would push me and say, go away, go away. And I was like, no, 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 I have to be with you all the time. You know, you need to, you need to be very focused and concentrated. And thank God that everything went well. You know, in that game, then we had the second leg in, in Barcelona, where we played well as well. Uh, but, you know, they won 2-0. But we, we, we gave a, a great image of, of the club and uh, we gave everything we had. Portugal, you made six, six in total. Um, yeah. You, of course, made yeah. your debut in a 2-0 win over Scotland uh, in a friendly match. Um, obviously, you, came, you, you were teammates with the likes of Rui Costa and Figo at the time. I mean, what was the yeah. like that yeah. must have been absolute pride for you to, to have made to have played for the national team? And then what was it like to play with players like Rui Costa and Figo? Well, well for me, it was, was an honour and a pleasure, a pleasure to play for my country and to play, you know, for me to be in the dressing room with, with Figo, Rui Costa... Uh, Fernando Couto, uh, Pauleta, for me, was was just amazing. You know, I, I would be in my corner. I wouldn't speak to, to anyone because I was just looking at them and see, oh, how is this possible? You know, but I was just trying to uh, to to enjoy it uh, the best I could. I think I could have made more appearances in uh, in the Portugal team at the time. We had some amazing defenders. It, it wasn't easy. And I think uh, with uh, not being successful, successful at Tottenham was uh, was um, was difficult was difficult to to make me uh, have more games for for Portugal. But you know, uh, for me, even if I had one appearance for Portugal uh, to to play for my country, it would be nice. I had the opportunity to play to play six times uh, for Portugal, and you know, it was a great honor and, and a pleasure. And very special as well, of course. 
Now, Euro 2008 qualifying, you made the three appearances. You started against Azerbaijan in a 3-0 win, Poland in a 2-1 defeat, and then you came on vs Finland in a 1-1 draw. Cristiano also played during that period. What was it like playing one of the best players in the world? And for you, did you notice at that moment, God, this guy is truly world-class? Yeah, we, we could see how good he was, even when he was at a, at a young age at Sporting, you know. And when when he went to to Manchester, that, that's when he really took off, you know. And then to Madrid he was in another level. But you could see it in the training, you know, his mentality, his his work rate, you know, all his, you know, uh, the 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 train would and he would stay there, you know, just shooting and uh, making fouls, everything, you know. And you can see you could see how much he wanted and uh, the way he worked. To uh, to be so, he, he was always even uh, younger. He was always an example to to all of us, and you could see he would be he would be even even better in the future as he, as he did. The three year absence between making your debut and then and then those European qualifying uh, games, were you slightly disappointed that you were, didn't make more than than six appearances for the national team? Yes, I was, uh, but I, I told you. Uh, a while, you know, the, 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 at the time, the, Portugal had a lot of very good defenders, you know, Ricardo Carvalho, Fernando Couto, uh, Jorge Andrade. Uh, so uh, it was very difficult to, to be, to be uh, you know, called for the national team. And uh, I was a little bit surprised because I won the league with, uh, with, uh, uh, with Benfica and I, I thought I had the the ability and the capacity to play more for Portugal, but you know, that's uh, it, it's always choices from the managers, and you have to respect uh, those choices. You know, they they have the ones they like, they have the ones they think are the best for the for the goals that the, the national team had, and I just had to to do my job. You know, work as best as the the best I could, do well at my club, and waiting for the for the call for the manager. And if it didn't happen, I had to to move on. You know, uh, I thought I could could have played more, even though if even if it was just one time, you know, that would that would be enough for me because having the the opportunity to play for my country, the the, the honor and uh, that that was the 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 best for me, and I had that. Now, on the 17th of January 2007, Ricardo, stories hit the Portuguese and English media confirming that a move to Tottenham Hotspur was a possibility. The following day, Portuguese newspapers reported that the move was imminent following a meeting in Lisbon between Spurs chairman Daniel Levy with a former player turned agent Ronnie Rosenthal and the Benfica president with a price of €5 million, which equates to £3.2 million in Great British Pounds, plus two friendlies between the clubs, which will be arranged with Benfica receiving all the profits from the gate receipts and television money being arranged. I have to ask you, how early did you know about Spurs' interest and was you immediately attracted to the club? I knew about uh, the offer from Tottenham only in January. You know, I was doing a great season with uh, with Benfica, playing really well, scoring goals. We did well in the um, in the Champions League. I, I know, I knew, I know, I knew after when I was at Tottenham that they they saw many many games of 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 myself playing in in the Portuguese league and in the, the Champions League. So 
I thought it was a great opportunity to 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 play in the Premier League. I had a dream to play in the Premier League, and when Tottenham came with an offer, I was like, you know, I was 28. I thought, you know, this is my big opportunity. I spoke to the Benfica manager at the time, which is the national team manager now, Fernando Santos, <laughs> and he told me, no, no way, you cannot go. And I was like, oh, please let me go. It's my opportunity. And he said, no, I will tell the president no. I spoke with the president and he said no. Uh, so I thought uh, it, it would uh, it would not happen. Uh, but then uh, Tottenham, uh, I had the call from Daniel Levis uh, asking, "Do you really want to play for for us?" And I said, "Yes. You know, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for me. Uh, I always had a dream to play for in the Premier League, so I think this is it." And then uh, he made the deal with uh, with Benfica president, uh, even though. Uh, during the rest of the season, um, in in the in the Portugal, uh, Portuguese press, uh, the Benfica manager Fernando Santos said that the Benfica didn't didn't win the league in that year because I left in January, which which is <laughs> unbelievable. Which is unbelievable, you know. Ricardo, you mentioned Daniel Levy there. Can I ask you? I mean, you said you spoke to him. How involved was he at the time about the transfers? It's always intriguing when we get ex-players on to try and maybe understand and decipher who was brokering the deals. Now, you was coming to Spurs in a period where Damien Camoli was there, uh, obviously in, in turn in charge of like the kind of director of football model. Uh, I just spoke. I just spoke. Damien Camoli was was uh, was trying to to make the deal, but uh, as the, as the, the man uh, the. The Benfica manager didn't want me to go, and the president was a, a little bit reluctant on on letting me go. So I think it was when uh, Daniel really, really took over and tried to to make the deal. I, I, I tell you, uh, I only spoke one time with Daniel Levin, and and it was that time when he when he called me and said, uh, "Do do you really want to come to to Spurs?" I said, "Yeah." I, I think it's my opportunity to play in the Premier League, so um, uh, I, I really want to go. And uh, they they tried to, they tried their best to uh, to uh, to make the deal, and they did. So you're saying, Ricardo, that was the only time during your period at Tottenham, even when your contract came to an end, that's the only time you actually spoke to Daniel Levy and had any kind of communication with him at all. Yes, that's that's uh, that was the the only the, the only time uh, the only time I spoke with Daniel Levy during my time with, in uh, at Spurs. I, I didn't speak uh, I didn't spoke with uh, with uh, with him anymore. You joined Spurs in January two thousand and seven. Uh, you joined for an yeah. undisclosed fee, believed to be around three point three million pounds, on a three and a half year deal. Um, at the time, you spoke very highly of the club. You said that you dreamt of playing in the Premier League for a long time and that you were very excited to join a big, big club like Tottenham, and that it was a dream come true. Great cup tradition team. So how well in Portugal is, is Spurs known? Do Spurs have a good reputation in Portugal? Yes, uh, yeah, they do, they do. They're, they're seen as as one of the best uh, teams in uh, in England. Uh, so they have a lot of supporters uh, here. And, um, and you know, as, as I told you, and we, there, there's a few Portuguese players... Uh, that that played in in Spurs as well, Pedro Mendes, Bustiga, Domingues. So it's a well-known club in in Portugal and uh, one of the um, in England and one of the best uh, in England. Uh, so uh, everybody knew it was it was a great club. So that's why I, I said uh, and I really meant it that it was a great opportunity for me to to go to the Premier League and play to um, to uh, to a club like uh, like uh, Spurs. 
Now, at that time, Ricardo, when you were joining Spurs, we were trying to kind of really break into that top four. We had that finish under Martin Yole the season before, which was obviously fifth place. But we were trying to, you know, try and get up against the likes of Man United, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal and Liverpool. From an outside looking in when you were joining Tottenham, did you genuinely believe that Spurs could actually break into that top four? I think it was uh, much difficult at the time to, to to be closer to the top four, you know. But I think the goal at the time, if I remember well, it was to to get to a place where we could play Europa League, you know, and try to build up uh, and do better in the next season. That that was the goal. Already the goal was to get as closer as possible to the top four and fight with them. But at the time, I think Spurs was not, as ready as they are now or, or as they were in the last few seasons. Hello and welcome back to the second half here of the last word on Spurs. Delighted to be joined by Jay from the Daily Hotspur and we've got former Spurs player with us, Ricardo Rocha. Jay, I'm going to hand over to you to ask you to discuss with Ricardo Damien Camoli's role at Spurs. At the time, uh, Damien Camoli was Spurs' sporting director. Um, now, he, was, he spoke very highly of you at the time. He said you were an accomplished defender. Uh, he said that you're a player that can play in different positions, such as centre-back, right-back. Um, of course, you can bring a lot of experience to Spurs. That's what he was saying. How influential was Damien Camoli in bringing you to Spurs? And what kind of relationship did you have with him? He was, the, he was uh, really important for me to make, uh, to make the move. Uh, I remember he went to Lisbon to, uh, to have a chat with me to see if I was uh, interested in going to Spurs, uh, explaining a little bit how the club was um, the fans you know the the goals that the or the project that the the, the the team had for the for the future they needed some some experience you know they they were they saw a lot of games of me and they wanted to to bring me and be part of of the team so so you know as i told you guys before i thought it was a great opportunity for me to play in a great team uh, like Spurs in the in the in the Premier League and uh, have that um, that knowledge and that opportunity uh, to play in the Premier League, but uh, you know I have a good relationship with with Komoli. I can I can I can uh, you know give you some details that what happened in the in the future. I had I had no problems with him, but uh, at sometimes. Uh, uh, during my period at at Spurs, he could he could have helped me more. And, and the club at the same time. But, you know, that, that, those are situations that, that happened um, uh, in, in the clubs and uh, decisions that are made at the time. And, you know, we always learn, <laughs> we always learn with them, good or bad. Are we able to ask you, Ricardo, to give us an example where you feel maybe if a certain thing wouldn't have happened or may have been different, it may have changed your period at the club? If you can give us an example, maybe? Yeah, you know, for me it was I can explain. For me it was I, I thought I was ready to to you know to to go to the Premier League, Tottenham. You know, I thought that I could handle everything. Uh, but to be honest, going in January was very very difficult for me. I I, I didn't know it was going to be uh, so difficult, and I really struggled even in the beginning. You know, because everything was different. I arrived uh, in. Um, in England, and it was snowing. I know, I, I didn't uh, saw snow for like fifteen years. So everybody, were, everything was different. Uh, you know, I, I I I moved from Benfica. Benfica had a new training ground. You know, great great facilities. You know, and a completely new training ground. Everything was new. We had like uh, 
six or seven pitches, you know, a, a great dressing room, bath, uh, bathtubs, everything, you know, top of the art. And I went to I went to, to Tottenham, and the the change was completely different. You know, the training room was great, was really small, and 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 then it's the the the, the game is different. You know, it's more physical. It's, uh, you need to have a strong mentality. You know, it's very fast, and I had to adapt myself very quickly. But I didn't have the time, and I think to myself, of course, it's my opinion, uh, and I might be wrong, but it's my opinion. And I think I needed to play more to to get as quickly as possible to that mentality and then be ready for uh, for that. You know, I I I think in the first six months uh, I played uh, a few games, uh, some good games, and I played some good games. But uh, it was only in the next season that uh, I made the preseason with the team that I felt, you know, this is where I need to work myself. I had that period of five, six months to get ready to understand, you know, understand uh, knowing my teammates, knowing the club, knowing the fans, what was the project, you know, and get ready for the next season. Do you think, Ricardo, you know, you, you say there about the, the January window, we hear a lot from players, well, in the past and also like in this in this current day that we see some of them really struggle to be able to, like you say, adapt to come in mid-season where they haven't maybe know the Premier League, haven't had that knowledge and experience of it and then to try and go straight into the first team. Because I remember you, you signed for Spurs where we had Lily King was out and I think we just sold Callum Davenport to West Ham. So you were coming in where really I think our only two central defenders at the club was Anthony Gardner and Michael Dawson. So you was coming into a squad that was already to some degree walking wounded. Could the club have helped you behind the scenes more to have helped you settle maybe? No, I, I, I don't know. You know, because I had uh, many issues as well. Those to adapt to, to a new country, a new league, you know, my, a, new, a new team, a new team, a uh, new teammates uh, but you know uh, my daughter uh, was one month old so my family moved you know she was so small and and my family struggled as well you know to, to get used to to live in England so everything was was together but I had incredible support especially from uh, Alan Dixon who is still in the club and uh, Roberto you know they were always there for me helping me with everything related to to my house or my family you know I have I have nothing to say about them, just to thank them for, for the support they gave me. But uh, the only thing is, I, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. I, I think uh, I could have played more. It's the only thing. But it was always the choice of, uh, of the manager. But uh, the big difference for me, and I, I, in the beginning I couldn't understand, is that uh, it's the mentality, you know, and get used to that mentality. Uh, you know, I had the... Um, because in Portugal, when you buy a player for for uh, uh, good money, uh, you, you you know the player will play because they spent the money, you know, and he has to play. He has to play, you know, uh, a lot. And then if he doesn't do well, okay, you know, you you can take him out of, of the team or he can be sold to another team. And uh, I, uh, I I I had to adapt myself in England because that that's not what you you you. You do in England. You can be bought for I don't know 10, 15 millions, but you know you, you are the, the same as the others. You need to to uh, to uh, to do your best. You need to get your place in the team, and uh, or you need to get to get a chance to prove yourself and 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 play regularly. So it was a little diff. It's I'm I'm saying it 
it's my fault as well because I couldn't adapt as uh, as much as I could or as quickly as I could. It's my responsibility as well. Uh, but I always try to to give my best. I always I always um, uh, was as as much professional as I, as I could, and um, and th that's why. Just to explain, you guys, I was not feeling properly. So in the end of the season, I had a few teams interested in me, and I asked Komoli. You know, I know there's interest from from other teams. Is it possible to uh, to be transferred? And he said, No, we 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 know you. You we, we know what you can do. We know what you can bring to the team. Uh, so you know, we want you to stay with us. So you know, I, I said to myself, you know, I, I'm going to stay here. I'm doing. I'm going to do a really good preseason. Uh, I'm proving myself to to. I'm proving myself to me and to all the others. You know, the team and the fans. And let's do it. And honestly, I did a very good preseason. I played a lot of games and I played some good games in the beginning of the of the next season. Unfortunately, I, I, I got to to a time that uh, I was dropped from the team and, uh, and I didn't understand why. And then I had issues with an injury I had in my ankle and the doctor said, uh, you know, I think it's better. To, um, and, and as well, and I want to explain that, in the new season, we didn't start, we, we made a very good preseason, but we didn't start well the league. Uh, we were playing really well, but you know, the, it's some phases that the, the, the clubs go through and the teams go through. You play well, but then something happens and you don't win the game or you draw the game. And, and then there was a lot of speculation around the club about the changing managers, uh, about Martignol uh, not doing um, well and they wanting to, to bring someone. Uh, and, you know, all the pressure surrounding the team with not getting results, with that pressure about uh, changing managers. And for me, uh, there was one thing that happened that, that had a big impact in me. You know, uh, it was, my family was uh, a weekend in, in, uh, in Portugal, and after a game, I, went, I came here to Portugal to visit them. And then uh, Sunday or uh, Monday morning, I... I got back to England and uh, I was in the taxi with a friend of mine and he, he just said to me, uh, hey, Ricardo, how are you doing? I saw an interview of you uh, yesterday in yesterday's paper. And I was like, what? What interview? And he said, uh, an interview you gave to, uh, to, uh, to the press. And I was like, I, I didn't speak with anyone in, during the weekend. And he was like, no, 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 you, you did speak because... They put it in the in the paper that you were saying that the manager is under pressure. You could see the manager was not feeling well in the training. He was very worried, and I was like, "Whoa, how this how did this happen?" So in the next day, I went to the training ground and I spoke to someone in the media, and I said, "Look, uh, uh, supposedly there was an interview that that went uh, out yesterday about me speaking to the to the manager about the manager and about the team." That I didn't do, so you need to you need to to find out what happened because I didn't speak to anyone. So they they spoke with someone about who, who had written the, the article, and the guy said that he bought the story, or he bought the interview to a Spanish uh, journalist, and I was like, well, I didn't speak to anyone, not an English uh, journalist or a Spanish journalist. And they, and they said, uh, well, Ricardo, uh, 
I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's lying. And I was like, really? Are you guys going to believe uh, the, the journalist and don't believe me? So I was like, how oh, can, that, can that be possible? And I think my position was weakened um, uh, in my relationship with the manager, even though I spoke with Chris Hutton at the time, who was assistant manager of Martignol, and said, please, uh, you know, tell the manager that uh, the interview that came off, came out, I, I didn't say any, any of that. You know, someone is trying to uh, create any problems and, um, uh, with the team. But it wasn't me. I didn't say anything, you know, just to explain you guys. It's crazy. I, I can't thank you enough for, for giving us that insight. That, that is crazy because that was so that was the period in which you, you was under Martin Yole. Is that right, Ricardo? Just to clarify, that was under yeah, Martin Yole. It was the 2007-2008 season, in right. the beginning of the season. Okay. Interesting. And then, and, then, and then I got injured, you know, I was not playing, I got injured and... Uh, went to, to have surgery in Portugal uh, uh, because I had a problem in my ankle. And during that time, we had a, a changing of manager. You know, Martignol was sacked and uh, Juan de Ramos came to the team, you know. And uh, I was recovering and I spoke to, to Juan de Ramos because, you know, as Portuguese, we can play and understand Spanish and they can do the same. And uh, he told me, hey, Ricardo, you need to, uh, to recover as quickly as possible. You know, I'm counting with you. But I think uh, after that, it was just my, my downfall, unfortunately. I, I never had the chance to, um, to play for the club uh, uh, again. I was just playing reserve team. I never get the chance to play, to play again. And then uh, I, I can go through this and tell you guys already. Uh, in the end of that season... Um, I have I haven't I haven't played uh, any any football and first team football just reserve team to get uh, you know fit and then when the season season finished I went to Damien Kemal and said Damien please you know I don't feel happy here my family is is not happy here so I just want to leave please let me let me go I don't want any man any money from you guys you can you can take the money I had still in my my contract I still had one year left in my country in my uh, contract, sorry, and another uh, year option for the club. And I said, look, and he said, uh, do you have any club to go? I said, no, I don't have any offers, <laughs> but I just want to leave. Please, I just want to leave. And he said, no, no uh, Ricardo, you know, you still have uh, market value. We still can get uh, good money for you. Uh, so we'll try. And, uh, you know, um, then I had a few... I had an offer from an English club, a Premier League club. I went there to speak with the manager. We, uh, we understood each other. And then I heard, I, I'm not sure, I heard that uh, Tottenham was asking for too much money. And then for me, the worst for me, and, and the worst for me, I tell you guys, was I have everything done with a, a Spanish club, uh, a La Liga club. Uh, I was talking to them, uh, with them, uh, the, my agent was talking with them. Everything was settled. I just had one year left in my contract. So they were trying to get, get the deal done with Tottenham, paying, paying some money. But uh, I, I would go uh, play for them on loan, I think. But it, as it was my last year, I, I would stay with them. And I really wanted to go because I, the offer I had from the La Liga club was better than I was getting at Tottenham. And this went through all the transfer window. 
and he got to the last day on the transfer window, and I got a call from uh, the sporting director of, uh, at the um, La Liga club, and he said, Ricardo, we, we really wanted you, we did everything we could, but we cannot make a deal with Tottenham. Uh, so we had to go and uh, and get someone else, and that's it. You know, the window closed, and uh, two days left, uh, later, they sent me to the reserve team. If it makes you any better, yes. Ricardo, this does feel very similar to what we read about Spurs even now in the, tra- in the transfer market. Absolutely. It's crazy, they, they, crazy. They, they came to me the next day and said, "Oh, Ricardo, we have a championship club that wants you on loan," and I said. How is that possible? You didn't let me go to, to a La Liga club that really wanted me and I was going to play. And now you're telling me that, I, that uh, I can go to a championship club? I said, no way, I'm not going. You know, I'm not going. But uh, I stayed with, with the reserve team. You know, I, did, I was as professional as I could. Uh, did my best, went to training. My head was gone. You know, I was completely devastated. No confidence at all. I tell you, I... I I didn't. Uh, I, I was worse than a Sunday League uh, player. And sorry, all the Sunday League players. You know, I really like you guys. You enjoy yourselves, but I was. I was at my worst. You know, I I didn't. I didn't uh, enjoy football anymore. But you know, Tottenham. Tottenham was paying me, so I had to to give my best in every training and be as professional as I could. And we changed manager again. Redknapp came, came in and took us from the reserve team to the. To the to the first team, and that was a great gesture from from the, from from Harry Renap, uh, and um, and that was it. You know, I never I never played for the for the club again. I, I still went to a few games to the to the bench. I was with the first team, but uh, never never played for the club again. And it was really really difficult for 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 me. I know I know I had a, a few issues a few, a few years ago. We saw some Tottenham fans at, at Twitter. They were saying, "Oh, you can, uh, you know, you were paid paid for the club." But I was as professional as I could. When there was someone in the club, in a higher position, that came to me and said, "Thank you, Ricardo, because you were you were a very good professional. You know, it was very difficult for you. You never played, but you were always training. You were always on time, and you didn't make any problems uh, with us. So, you know." And it was, it was, it was good, you know, because I, I had, I, I gave a good image of me, uh, the best I could. But it was, it was really, really difficult. And uh, you know, I feel, I feel I could have got, uh, could, could have done much, much better uh, at the club. And you know, it's, it's a very good club, and uh, I always uh, cheer for them, and I wish them well. One of the managers, as you mentioned, you played under was Martin Yo, who was the guy that lots of Spurs fans really did enjoy uh, like supporting his teams. Um, the season that you joined, he was looking to improve upon his fifth place finish in the Premier League that season. What what did it? What was it like for you playing under Martin Yo? He had a good relationship with uh, with all the players. He wanted to do well. Training was uh, was really good. Chris Sutton was his assistant. You know, and uh, we had a, a very good relationship with with uh, with him. Uh, as you, as you said, uh, the club was trying to push for the fifth place and, and trying to be closer to to the to the top four, which which was not e- uh, easy. But we had a great team. Honestly, we had uh, Berbatov was amazing. Ledley King was 
was just unbelievable. Let, let me say that, you know, he's, he's a great example as a, as a captain, as a player, and even as a person, you know, he wouldn't train because he had issues with the, with the injury, but, you know, he could, he could play and he was so good. You know, I feel a little bit sorry for him just in the way that he could have been a top, top player and the injuries that he had, you know, uh, stop him for, from being at the, at the top. But even though injured, he could play so well, and um, and it was amazing to be to be uh, a, t- a teammate of his. And then we had the young players at the time, you know, Aaron Lennon, Tom Tom Huddleston was amazing, Michael Dawson as well. You know, we had a great team, really great team with a lot of quality. And I think we uh, at the time we did very well uh, uh, to to the position that uh, we were. And and I think it's always. You know, you always build up for the future. And I think the time that we had uh, or the problems or the issues that we had uh, at the time was good for the for the long project that uh, that the club had. And uh, honestly, uh, it was good because the, uh, after a, um, a few years, you know, we won the, the League Cup and then we got closer to the to the top four and, and fighting for the, the league a few years ago. Being in that dressing room where you saw obviously Martin end up losing his job, as a player, what was what was going through your mind at that moment? Did you know in the heart of hearts that Martin was was losing that dressing room? I mean, the night which he lost it, I don't know if you can remember it, was that UEFA Cup game we had against Getafe, where it felt a lot of the stadium knew that Martin was going to lose his job. I just wonder, amongst the players, how cautious were you? Were you really aware of that? About Martignol, I can tell you because at the time I was uh, I, I got my surgery in Portugal so I was recovering from my surgery in Portugal so I don't I oh, don't okay. know what was happening in the in the, in the club and in the team. I know that since the beginning of the of the year of the season, you know, there, there was a little bit of, uh, there was pressure, you know, people uh, in the press speaking about, you know, uh, getting a new manager and you know you can feel it and when things don't go well um, uh, results wise you know peop- uh, the team getting results you know that that uh, that pressure intensifies and the talking intensifies because we, we got to a point before I got uh, uh, I got my surgery that uh, we felt that uh, that was going to happen the, the in or the out uh, the changing of manager and uh, it was just just a time to to um, you know to, to the team to to lose a few games and and uh, the um, and uh, and the staff doing it and they, they changed it the manager you mentioned there about the change of manager one day ramos tell us about him you didn't really get much of a looking under him ricardo what why do you think was that was there a reason behind that can you put your finger as to why we know having spoken to some other spurs players that the re- regime completely changed a lot of the diet also changed as well under one day ramos obviously it was difficult because he didn't speak english it was obviously being translated through gus Poyet. what was that like when he came to the club did you feel you wasn't given a fair chance under him yeah, okay he couldn't speak english very well but his assistant i don't know his name sorry about that uh, at the time but but uh Poyer did. We had a great relationship with Poyer. I had a great relationship with Poyer because we could could speak English and uh, and, and Spanish, uh, and we, we all knew the career that uh, that Poyer had as a player. Um, so um, and he was closer to the players as well, which is uh, which is normal. You know, one of the assistants be more more close to the team to to find out what's happening and to have the confidence of the players. Uh, 
but I think uh, what you pointed out it's, it, it are the reasons that I think he was not successful. He tried to change so many things, you know, about the way the team played, about the way the players played, and uh, and the diet. I think the diet have uh, it was a major issue for what what he wanted. You know, the changes that he wanted. He, he brought a, a doctor from a nutritionist from from Spain to, to try and, and help me help him with that. But I think it was a lot, a lot of changes and he, he just got got the job, you know, and, uh, but uh, it was his, his, uh, his options. He thought that he had to do the same that as he did and successfully in, uh, in Spain with, uh, with Sevilla or Betty Sevilla. I don't remember uh, well, sorry about that. But uh, he thought it was his idea, his project for, for the club. He had the support of the board, and he, and he tried to do it, but uh, you know he was he wasn't successful. I don't know why I didn't play with him. I I was out until um, I think uh, uh, December of, of or January, and uh, and I, I didn't play as I told you before. I didn't play until the end of the season. I spoke with him when I asked uh, uh, Damien uh, to leave the club, and he said, you know, Ricardo, I'm not counting with you. For the next season, uh, you can uh, you can res- uh, uh, to 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 um, to speak with with Komoli about that and letting you go. I, I didn't even make. They went to the uh, to the next uh, year preseason, 2008, 2009. They went to the preseason to Spain. I, I stayed and did the preseason myself with the reserve team. And uh, I and I I, I, thought, I thought I was sure that my time at the club was was finished, but unfortunately. They, they didn't let me go. Now, during your time at Spurs, you obviously played with some fantastic players, uh, the likes of Lely King, uh, Robbie Keane, Berbatov, uh, and Aaron Lennon. Who do you rank as kind of your, your best uh, Spurs teammate you played with? Well, they were amazing, you know. And it was great to see the young, the young guys. You know, Huddleston was so, you know, it's so... <laughs> I still laugh myself because... It, it was the, the way he shoots or the way the way he passes is just it's just unbelievable. You know, Lennon was very fast, uh, but Robbie Keane and, and Berbatov not depreciating anybody else that was in the team. You know, but they were different level. And uh, Kino Kino went to to Liverpool, and then Berbatov uh, uh, after one or two seasons went to Manchester United. But but uh, uh, you know, we had a lot of quality and a lot of. Uh, of good players, uh, you know, we had uh, young players. Uh, Tarabt was amazing. I still speak with him today because he's playing the Fikel. He's doing he's doing very well now, playing in a different position than he did uh, in in the in the years he played in England. Uh, we we speak sometimes uh, when when I go to see the games or some event uh, with with Benfica uh, because you know we lived in the same. Uh, in the same block of apartments or houses, I think it was Rosebury Square uh, near the training ground. So I I um, I gave him I gave him some um, rides home many times, and we were friends with him and his brother. But we had a great team. I, I'm not remember more players, but uh, I know we had them. Um, and then I still played with uh, you know Bale at the time. You know he was so young. Even Modric and uh, you know so many amazing playing uh, players. Even even Bale he struggled in the beginning, and uh, when uh, Harry Renap went to the club, that's when he that's when uh, he exploded. You know sometimes you sometimes you need 
changes. Uh, sometimes you're not doing well in a team and you need to change to another team, do well and maybe come back. And, and I think sometimes uh, the boards or the sporting directors, they need to know that, uh, they, need, they need to acknowledge, uh, acknowledge that. And we have, the, in sports, we have the, the example of Kabul, you know, he was not doing well, he went to Portsmouth, they did a great season and then he came back. Sometimes uh, players, when they, they don't uh, adapt to a, to a team, they, they need, you know, some changes and maybe come back in the future or, you know, go, go to another club and, and do well. That happens very often. Fast forwarding, Ricardo, you've already kind of given us such an insight there into what it was like in that Spurs dressing room. But you obviously, as you mentioned, you only played just the five games of Spurs in between that period of 2007 to 2008. You played none whatsoever in all competitions in the following season. You were eventually released on the 14th of June 2009. If we would ask you then to kind of sum up your time at Spurs, is there regrets of you making that move when you kind of look back now and you've talked us through so many different stories about you know, what happened at the club, how things could have been different. Any regrets from your perspective? No, I don't think so. No, I cannot have any regrets. I I, I wish uh, things would would, uh, would have gone better for me, you know, play more for the club, helping the club in the in the in the, the objectives they they had to, uh, for the seasons, uh, doing well, you know. I was you know, they they paid uh, some good money for me so I wanted to to give back the investment and and the opportunity to to play for Spurs and that's the only regret you know that's my that's responsibility of me of course you know because I I I, uh, I needed to to do better I need I needed to prove myself but it didn't happen unfortunately and uh, and and uh, that's that's the only regret I have before the show I was speaking to one of my Portsmouth uh, friends. Um, and he spoke very highly of you. You, of course, had a fantastic relationship uh, at your next club with their supporters. Um, I know one incident that happened was in a, a two-all draw with Southampton, of course, in the, the fierce South Coast derby. You ended yeah. up kicking, kicking the ball at the supporters. Uh, a, mate, uh, a moment that one of my, my friends very much enjoyed. Um, so what was, it, what, was your, what was your time like at, at Portsmouth? And, and can you recall that moment? Yeah, let me let me explain. So after uh, I finished my contract at Tottenham, you know, it was very difficult for me because teams didn't know what was happening with me. I was uh, a year and a half without playing any any football, just reserve team. So uh, I had a, a interest from teams, but they 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 didn't know how I was. They thought you know maybe the injury I had was was um, was still have, uh, giving me problems. Uh, so they were asking me to go. And, you know, I, I didn't enjoy that. So I waited and then I got the opportunity to go to, to Belgium to play in Standard Liège. You know, you know they, they had the opportunity to play, for I think, for the first time in many, many years in the Champions League. I had the experience. I knew the manager. So he brought me there. But, uh, you know, it was really difficult for me. And um, I played, I played uh, not much, but I played... Uh, some good games, Champions League as well, but uh, Standard Liège was very good for me to get back in the game, to get confident, uh, to uh, physically to to get ready for the for the for the top level. Uh, but then we had a, a very young team, uh, and uh, when it got to January, I thought, you know, I need I need another change. Now I'm ready to to go somewhere else and do well. And then in the last day 
uh, of the transfer window, I got uh, I got a call from someone saying, you know, Portsmouth are interested. They they are struggling in the season. They are struggling financially, but it might be a good opportunity for for you. And I was like, you know, this is this is the time. You know, it's the time to go back to England to to prove myself to uh, to show that you know I had the ability uh, and the capacity to play in the Premier League and do well. So I'm going for it, and uh, it it, it, it uh, all went through. I got the opportunity. I played a lot uh, in the, in those five six months uh, in Portsmouth, even though with all the the, the problems uh, financially and to the semi final of the FA Cup against Spurs, and I was like, oh my god! So uh, I need to, I need I need to do this, you know. I need to to uh, to play the perfect game. You know, to show the Spurs fans that uh, you know I had the quality to play for Spurs, and unfortunately, I I, I didn't. Uh, you know, I wasn't lucky my time at Spurs, but I, I wanted a little bit to show them uh, the the kind of player I was and what I what I could have done at the club in my time. And uh, you know, where Portsmouth won, I was the, the the man of the match, and then we went to play the. The final against Chelsea, and then then in the next season we 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 went down and uh, we played against uh, against uh, Southampton. You know, big rivals of of Portsmouth. Uh, I had that that issue with uh, with kicking the ball to to the to the Saints fans. You know, I wanted to hit the publicity board and I missed, <laughs> so I, I hit the fan. <laughs> I hit the I hit the fans. I went there to apologize, and they were like they wanted to come into the pitch and they fight to kill me. You. Yeah, I, I was ready for anything that could have could have happened. I was ready, but you know, I, I didn't mean that. I was just just uh, trying to hit the publicity board. But you know, big rivals, you know, a lot of pressure, and uh, you know, just just saying that you guys that my time at Spurs was compared to uh, at uh, Portsmouth was completely different. Uh, you know. I felt really good. I could. I, I played my best, uh, and uh, that's why I stayed so long with the club. That's why I have a great relationship with with the fans. I always stay, stayed to help the the club. You know, my my family was was well settled. My kids when they were in school, they loved the school. So it was completely different from my time at uh, at Spurs. Unfortunately, because uh, we as players, we always want to do well. But unfortunately, sometimes it's not possible. Can I ask you, Ricardo, one question just on your time at Portland? As you mentioned, it came against Spurs in that FA Cup semi-final where I was there. I was at Wembley when you broke our hearts. And you mentioned there about, for you, it was all about that game proving that you were good enough to have played for Tottenham. Just how fired up were you for that game? Because like you said, you rightly, you ended as the player of the match. Um, Kevin Prince-Brotang, who also was a Spurs player, actually scored against us in that game. How yeah. mentally was you prepared to face Spurs after what you've told us you've gone through at the club? Honestly, yeah. I was I was fired up. You know, I wanted to prove myself. You know, I wanted to show myself to the to the Spurs fans, and it was a great opportunity for that. Of course, we were the underdogs, and you know, Tottenham was a massive. They had a a big big team. You know, with Crouch, Defoe. With uh, I, I didn't mention the four when I was a sport. He was unbelievable. Sorry for that. Uh, uh, the four bail. You know, we were the the underdogs. So for me as a defender was which was better because I was a lot in the game because you know Tottenham was always attacking and we we, we were just 
counter-attacking, uh, counter-attacking, uh, attacking. Sorry. Uh, so it was the perfect game for us defenders, and you know, I did my best because I, I really wanted to prove myself, and it was the best opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, we played, we played in that um, half a season that was a person. Uh, we played the Spurs, but uh, I was injured, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't play in uh, in white uh, hard line. I wanted to play against Spurs that game, but uh, you know, I was injured and I couldn't. Now, of course, currently at Spurs in charge is a fellow countryman of yours. I'm sure a guy that you you know very well, Jose yeah. Mourinho. Um, he's obviously had a mixed time this season at Spurs. You know, he's had some brilliant moments um, and then some moments that maybe haven't been have maybe been slightly questionable. Do yeah. you believe he's still a manager that's capable of making it to the top and, and winning trophies for Spurs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, he's the one. You know, he's the special one. He's amazing, and his CV and the title, uh, the titles that he won, prove, proves everything related to him as a manager. You know, I think he's been very unlucky at Spurs with all the injuries, with all the you know they they don't have a big squad, and I think that's been the the problem uh, at Spurs this season. Of course, you know it's it's difficult to take over um, a club and a team that did so well under uh, Pochettino that it did an amazing job at. At Spurs, but I think they, they they wanted to go a little bit further. But I I think honestly they need to give uh, Jose Mourinho time to to build the team, time to uh, to uh, to um, to put the team uh, the way he wants. Uh, it, it's not something that can be done quickly. You know he needs time, but he needs to be given that time. And uh, they, uh, everybody needs to be supportive, yeah, the fans, the board, and uh, to be to be close uh, to the top four and even fight for the title in the in the Premier League. He, he needs he needs some big support. Ricardo, I just want to say thank you ever so much for taking out this time and for telling us your journey. I think many people will find this quite fascinating to listen to, especially that period at Tottenham where. I think, like you said there, you had that maybe issue in the past on Twitter and whatever with different Spurs fans. I think football, when you'll be able to tell this more than us, being a player, when you've got journalists that come at you and you've got fans, not everybody knows the full story. How good is it for you to be able to, yeah. be able to give you that opportunity then for you to tell that story? Are you quite happy that nowadays, do you get the opportunity enough to be able to give your reflection on the game? What, what do you think now, as when you was a player to now, how much has it changed I think now you, you can speak with uh, you can speak everything about uh, about your career and what happened. I think that's not a, that's not a problem. Uh, we we spoke about doing this this podcast. We I spoke about doing this podcast with you, and I was surprised. You know, why do you want to speak with me? Because my time at Spurs wasn't wasn't good. But as you said, you know, maybe people want to know what happened and uh, why. Because I did so well in in Portugal with Benfica. Uh, and then I, I did well with with Portsmouth as well. And why it didn't happen and, uh, at Spurs? But sometimes, as I told you, doing doing this, you know, there's some teams that you go and things don't work out, and then other teams. There's a lo- always a lot of things that happen, and people don't realize. You know, fans don't realize. I think sometimes confidence is so important to a player and if he's, he doesn't have the confidence if he doesn't have the support of his teammates or uh, the the manager or the assistant manager it's very difficult for them to do, to do well so 
I I look at football nowadays differently because I was there. I, and I went through a lot during my career and I have all the experience. And that's why I always try to explain uh, a little bit how it is for us players that were there, that uh, that played, that got through a lot in, in their careers because it's always completely different from what the fans want. But, you know, I understand the fans part because they only, they only see what they see and they only listen what people tell them you know even if it's journalists or something they heard but some most of the times it's not as well as people say or is, is not as well as people see i hope you understand me we do about it. ricardo it's been an absolute pleasure having you and oj also wants to thank you so much for taking out your time to come and speak with us on this special interview yeah, that was some really interesting to hear from you, Ricardo. I thought it was some really interesting stories about your time from Spurs. Um, and yeah, I, I just think, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that story about how, you know, fans don't know all the ins and outs of, of what goes on behind the scenes. I think that that kind of raises a similar issue with some some current Spurs players. I think Ndombele is certainly one of them. So to kind of hear that sort of perspective was, was really interesting. And, uh, you know, I hope that Spurs fans can kind of take that message and, and maybe apply it to a couple of current players. But yeah, I really enjoyed really enjoyed listening to Ricardo in this show. Thank you so much again, Ricardo. Really, really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure having you on the last word on Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.